This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Since the invention of fire, man has spun stories of gods and monsters. From a million years in the future, Heavy Metal presents Wonderwork. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to tell you about something that's going to help make all that extra time you have right now a lot more enjoyable. I'm talking about the Warner Archive. Warner Archive is the part of Warner Media that brings you rare and hard-to-find movies, TV shows, animation, and classic cinema to Blu-ray disc and DVD. <laughs> Man, I haven't mentioned those things in a long time. With over 3,500 different releases currently in print, these discs are for collectors, physical media fans, or anyone looking to explore the depths of the world's largest entertainment media library. Check them out now at warnerarchive.com. Now, back up here in the bunker, I couldn't really find a story this week that felt, well, appropriate for the times that you're living in. So instead, I dug up this old recording of some of our storytellers and their adventures during your lifetime. Enjoy the camaraderie. It's a rare occurrence in my time. Thanks, guys, so much for uh, joining together here. Um, I guess just kind of starting at the beginning of things, uh, why did you guys want to venture into this kind of new form of storytelling? What, what prompted that? I mean, I, I would say, Patrick, if I'm not mistaken, what was it, maybe December? Uh, when, when did you come to L.A.? Christ, you're asking me dates. I don't know. It was like uh, late December, early January, right? That sounds about right. And and uh, Matt, I'm, I have a novel that we've sound designed and scored uh, called Beyond Kuiper that comes out later this year. And when Patrick was in town, he came over and met my sound engineer, Kyle, and he listened to some of it and we started talking about it. And about two, three weeks later, we were like, this would make really cool short form immersive storytelling for podcasts that was kind of the catalyst for the the idea and we put that together and started started kicking around what it could look like and and then it it became this which was you know 13 to 25 minute uh um uh, anthology styled stories that are sound designed voice acted and scored that are, uh, you know, heavy metal stories for your ears, as uh, David would say. If I could even give some more color to that, Matt, there's that moment I remember distinctly. I was actually on the East Coast walking and you called me like, I have an idea. And we started talking and I think, I don't know how long we're on the phone, but by the end we were talking about like telling stories around the campfire and the, you know, the tradition of man telling stories to each other and griots and raconteurs and just the nature of man to tell stories. And, and um, it became, it became what it is now, but it really started from that evolution of like, Hey, man used to tell stories in caves, which also was the explanation of the wonder work title uh, that you dug up. But, you know, matches to, you know, 
you know, we're all avid podcast listeners and audiobook devourers. And this kind of scratched a niche and allowed us to kind of combine those two mediums into something a little bit more immersive, but also speaking directly to you, but also a great short story. But yeah, it all really, really started. I think that moment Matt called me like, I have an idea, uh, which is how a lot of things tend to start around here. <laughs> well, and that's actually one of the really cool things is that um, the anthology-like approach to it, how, how each one, or not necessarily because some are like separated in parts, but overall it's kind of these one-off stories. Uh, how did you guys kind of figure out how you want it to weave into the magazine? Is there kind of, is it, is it kind of just on an individual basis? Like each story, you're going to figure out a catered way for that story to kind of work with the magazine or does it, does each one need to like, what's the approach to that? Um, Dave. Yeah, I would say that the, um, you know, one of the, the first things when we came on to heavy metal to take it and, and, and uh, revitalize it, is to uh, remind everybody as to why heavy metal has been such a an important part of pop culture and how we are the leaders in the genre of fiction of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. So Wonderworks is uh, was another opportunity for us to really carry that message across these short stories uh, in those genres. And do you guys, you know, uh, I mean, so far they've been so well produced. I mean, the, the audio, the voice acting, it's all just really extremely well done. Um, you know, what is the, I guess, did you kind of look at the at the market and see other, because there are some that kind of try to do the same thing, but they're nowhere nearly as well produced. Was that kind of something you took into account when you were trying to create this? Or were you just kind of wanting to do something you would hear, you would listen to on a regular basis? I mean, we're heavy metal, so it has to be better than everyone else, right? Uh, that's like first first and foremost, we, we, we do it that way. But I, I would say, you know, Kyle, who's not, not on this, um, but we'll get some answers from him, is, is just a, you know, he's a gift. Uh, his ability to sound design and produce. And then, you know, when you have people like Fogler and Romero who are just like, you know, incredible in the space and then Brendan and Blake who are really, really great writers, it, it, it makes for the product to be elevated because of, you know, what they've done and, and their passion for for story. I mean, I, I always tell this and I always tell this story whenever I... Uh, whenever me and Dan are on, but when we first met, we were just, uh, we were like kind of match made by a, by a mutual friend. And we ended up just like, you know, talking about genre and story for like three hours in, in downtown New York. Um, remember when we were on your, that roof, Dan talking about Tarna and it, it, it just like everybody here has that level of passion. And I think that's really why it just comes translates better. Uh, you know, the pieces, the pieces to the puzzle just make it better. But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know, Brendan, what, you tell me, like, tell, talk about like Savage Circus and how that came about. Well, yeah, I, you guys uh, approached me with this Wonderwork idea, which I was so excited for because, I mean, I drive up from San Francisco to LA a lot. I'm always looking for a new podcast to read. And I like the uh, fiction space there. And as a kid, there was always the Twilight Zone radio shows I used to listen to. And those were well-produced, good stories. But now you go on there and it's like maybe 
the bar to make something is it's a little easier to put uh, a podcast out there these days. So there's there's just a lot of not greatly produced good anthology stories out there. So I, it's hard to find. So when Matt told me about this idea and Patrick and David, obviously, I was over the moon and uh, they let me do one that was a prequel to Savage Circus. And it was really fun to write like a first person narrative and imagining someone telling the story in around a campfire. But in my case, it was around in, a, in like a, a table at a bar. And it's um, so you do a first person narrative there. And it was just really exciting, really fun way to do it. And I think all, all the stories have turned out great. Absolutely. And uh, one of my favorites is actually uh, Queensberry Company. Um, that's such a, it's such a cool one. And I love that we get different themes. It's not just science fiction. Sometimes we'll move over to horror. Sometimes we'll move over to like straight up fantasy. And I just love that we're bouncing between everything. Um, and some of the upcoming ones, I know, Dan, you're working on uh, one as well, I imagine for season two. Uh, correct? Can you kind of tease what you're uh, working on for that? Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like... Um... Yeah, how much can I talk about that? I guess, uh, can I talk about a bunch of it? Oh, I can't. <laughs> Sorry, I was muted. I was muted. Uh, uh, Dan, I was going to say, unleash the beast. Talk, go go all in. Say whatever oh, you like. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, well, well. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I am, how did I get involved in this? I, I, Oh, well, I mean, I'm just going to say yes to whatever heavy metal uh, asks me to do, basically. Um, I, I love heavy metal and um, was like the first uh, comic book magazine that I ever, like I learned to read, like reading heavy metal. So, and then, so this combines a lot of, it's just like chocolate and peanut butter for me because I love the whole, I love heavy metal and I love the whole uh, radio play genre and, and, um, and I hope to do a bunch of these, you know, I, I, I love uh, Orson Welles and the Mercury players and, and the war of the worlds, that whole thing. And, and I I thought, okay, I want to do an homage to that. Um, And I, I, I just like the idea of just seeing, if you could really draw some someone in um, just with the sound and make it make it feel like oh god is is it trick him you know into making him think it's happening right now and <clears throat> and I thought um, I I took two concepts uh, which are. Um, current at least in my world today which is like the 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 conspiracy theorist alex jones type okay um and <laughs> the, the the title the title of of the uh of the story is the man who cried mosquito <laughs> and um, so it's this it's this conspiracy theorist no, I'm I'm unleashing the beast right now, man. I love it. No, um, keep unleashing. Keep unleashing. The conspiracy theorist uh, in this situation is a guy who made his bones and made his whole um, show based around kind of half truths. You know, maybe he was abducted. You know, maybe you know, like, uh, and but uh, and he's got all of these conspiracies that he's inserted himself into, but. 
haven't really come to fruition. Um, but now he's really now he's in the middle of something real, and he's begging for for people's help. And now he's the only one left, and he's basically you know <laughs> blubbering about it. He's like you know please help me. Um, and I thought um, so. That's the one. That's the the first layer of this. This I like the idea of a conspiracy theorist where no one you know trusts him anymore, <laughs> and um, and now something's really happening. And um, so I took from the headlines. I thought, what would be like a real cool sci-fi thing? <laughs> and recently, I read this article, or actually, I read this thing a long time ago, and I had this idea for a while. Um, and this has been happening to me a lot, where these things like kind of shit. It's like a, I don't know, a prophetic thing. But um, so I I heard that they were they were talking about. Um, genetically modifying mosquitoes to help with the mosquito population, you know? And uh, I was like, oh, that's not going to you know, fuck with the ecosystem. Um, and then, I, and then shit. So I was like, okay, let's, let's make it about that where they release these bugs and then turn the dial up where they invade this town and um, the bites start converting people into mosquito people. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, so it's like you know, like like wear mosquitoes or something. So that that's <clears throat> and while I'm so Matt can contest to this because he's seen this shit in real time. These prophecies. I sent him the script. I was like, hey, okay, let's do this. And then was it like the very next week that we got the fucking that article came out about Bill Killer. Gates wanting, wanting to release mosquitoes in fucking Florida? Yeah. So, we, so then I modified the script a little. I was like, okay, let's make this outside of Florida. And, <laughs> uh, but that man. So yeah, that's 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 the. I want to hear about everyone else's stories. Like, <laughs> Hold on, I have to add more color to this story because it's, it's parts of Dan's story that Dan doesn't even know. So when we were getting into the idea oh, of wonder work and we were starting to do this, uh, you know, Matt was already in, in touch with Dan and Dan didn't send us a script. He sent us a recording. Oh, and yeah. it was Dan screaming <laughs> and breathing into his phone. And he encapsulated in that, in that audio clip exactly what we were trying to say with the combining of audio books and podcasts to talk directly to the audience, pull them into a visceral situation paint a picture in a world and it's just Dan screaming and breathing and, and letting you in on this amazing story. So we go and we transcribe his script and this was like a seven minute, 12 minute. I'm not sure how long it was, but when you transcribed it, it was like a page and a half. And it was so enlightening of like what our format was. We were still searching for the form and Fogler's story came in, which ironically it's not in this first half of the season. It'll be in the second half. But it was like this shining light telling us which way, wh what does a wonder work, how does it work, and where should we go with this? Um, so Dan's been uh, cool enough to re-record and kind of, uh, you know, tweak it more than, than what it was even before. But that really paved the way. When you ask what is a wonder work, I would say we'll point to Dan's episode when it comes out and you'll get probably the quintessential wonder work out of it. Yeah, that's oh, wow. why I think it's a, it's a great compliment that, uh, that you made, Matthew, about... Uh, our um, 
the production value because when we started, we didn't basically didn't know what we were doing in, sure. in a lot of a lot of sense, right? I mean, because everybody was we were still trying to figure out, you know, what is the proper format, what's the proper tone. But then we figured, you know, we are heavy metal, so I guess we can do whatever we want and and uh, have whatever different flavors we want. And you know, we're like the uh, you know, if you go if you look at the the major studios, they're kind of like the um, uh, you know the uh, I don't know they they're the vanilla and chocolates, and we're the Baskin and Robbins of stories. So we have every flavor you can imagine, and and that's the approach, and that's why when Dan. You know, again, he just went and sent us an audio and, uh, and we were just blown away. And I was like, shit, OK, well, now we got to figure out uh, how, you know, it was almost like he threw the gauntlet. So we all had to come in and kind of bring in our, our own. Oh, uh, very true. I, 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 I just I'm sorry. I just I was like, I felt like the best way to to, to just present this this idea to you was was just to to perform it, you know, and just to get it down on, no, on tape. That, you guys are just very lucky I didn't perform mine. It's all about timing. If, if Brendan had sent his like that, we might have just scrapped the whole you thing. You would have fired me. <laughs> I would have been on the panel. I might not have even, I might have just been like this Wonder Work thing's a disaster. We can't <laughs> anymore. Everyone's. I mean, I feel like that uh, that original performance needs to be like some kind of Behind the scenes release yeah. or something. Yeah. After, like after season two concludes, we need to feel like hear the original, need, like unedited. I, I just want to see. I just want to see Dan method act it to like a live crowd. Like, <laughs> yeah. Remember, like Dan. Remember last year or two years ago when um when uh, T Pain did his acapella thing, and you were like, "Oh my fucking god, this guy can actually sing!" After like, oh my god, god the that was so good. It so <laughs> <laughs> just be like that, like Dan. Like I, I just want to see you in like a library with a smoking jacket on, just doing conspiracy, Carl. <laughs> you don't understand. I, you know, I did. That was like one of those tricks that you can only perform like once, basically. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, um, I had like a couple takes. I had a window of opportunity. I have kids here, and I, and and. In order for this thing to work, I had to be screaming at the top of my lungs, <laughs> bloody murder for like help, help me. <laughs> um, so you know, I had to find certain pockets of the day to do it, man. But holy crap, if you were walking by my house while I was recording <laughs> that, you'd probably want to call the police or something. <laughs> by the way, okay. we should we should all aspire to be T Pain. I just feel like it's <laughs> a good thing to live by. Uh, you know, uh, moving to. Um, George, because you have also a one coming out uh, in season two, and, and you're working on a couple projects uh, with heavy metal. So, you know, when you have kind of material to work from, how do you go about figuring out what you want to turn into this kind of audio format? Which one did you decide to go with, uh, and what kind of inspired it for you? Uh, well, you know, Matt asked me about doing one in the in the Rise Deadverse, and um, you know, I, I think when when Matt and I first met, um, you know, I had this thing behind me in my little podcast background for the Rise, and he asked me what that was, and I and I told him, and he said, you know, he said, what do you have on it? And I said about a terabyte, and he said, send it. And so uh, I sent him basically just access to a Google Drive. 
and there was there was some source material in there to choose from and uh you know i think that um without trying to give too much of the story away because it's all starting to come out now um there's a there's a very pivotal moment in the in the overall story of the rise that centers on a soldier um who's basically going through a transition into this horrible uh, uh undead existence and um that became the story for the wonder work was was basically his recounting of his uh experience in transition it's kind of like if i have to put it in in sort of weird terms or sort of a, an overall descriptive i i literally had to write it down it's it's kind of like uh it's a it's it's the story of humanity from the standpoint of a man being aware of his transition out of his own humanity so um that seemed like a very interesting kind of uh approach to take for wonder work and and uh it's set in the in the uh, in the vietnam war so uh the stories that we got to kind of set it against it just kind of seemed perfect for this format you know like um uh, like other people have been saying, you know, I grew up uh, listening to recordings of old Green Hornet shows and like The Shadow. And there were these old Pat Novak, like detective stories that years ago I was working on trying to figure out how to bring into sort of a modern day radio drama thing. I've always been a, a huge fan of it. And I think it's such a, a great way. It's almost like looking at, at somebody uh, today, a brand new filmmaker who wasn't alive during the you know, during the days of the four-three aspect ratio, and asking him to visually tell a story in a four-three frame, it's um, you, you know, the idea of uh, the challenges presented, I think, with telling a story in a wonderwork format, um, are almost as fun as the story telling the story itself for me. Um, so uh, I think that all those things basically just kind of led to bluegrass becoming the episode. Well, and uh, you know, it's. It's cool to see. I, I can't wait to see that one and to, uh, to listen to that one. Uh, what's cool, though, I do respect that the YouTube uh, links actually have, like, the motion graphics and things like that. Because, by the way, like, uh, I love lis listening to podcasts all the time. I'm one of those avid listeners. But on the case that, like, you can't access it or whatever, and I just have YouTube on in the background because a certain somebody has got my phone in her mouth or something, it's nice to actually have, like, cool graphics to go with that. Um, is there something with these stories, they lend themselves so well to like tabletop D&D uh, &D campaigns and, and things like that. Would there ever be something where you guys would like turn one of these stories kind of into like a supplement or something like that along the line? Because that would be really a really sweet thing. Yes, yes. Uh, sorry, I was muted. Um, yes, a hundred percent. These are, you know, the tip of the spear where we want to, you know, take these stories and, and whatever opportunities uh, present themselves, be it, you know, a tabletop game, be it a uh, an app game, be it a, a console game, be it a TV show. Um, you know, there's uh, TV shows and movies that are, you know, derived out of poems or out of uh, still art. Tales from the Loop on Amazon was uh, an amalgamation of stills that was uh, turned into... Uh, a series. Um, Wonderwork is a, um, you know, it is an amazing place for creators to, you know, experiment and test out stories with heavy metal for us <laughs> to see how we can elevate them. Yeah, I'll add to that. that in fact, uh, today, Patrick and I were talking because uh, the 
Queensbury, the, the episode you just mentioned that you you liked, is where like he's uh, building out that world because he has a vision for uh, a much bigger uh, universe for Queensbury. So we're looking to for him to write stories and chapters that will be uh, featured in the Heavy Metal magazine in print. Awesome, man! Absolutely. It's like. I'm not as uh, I'm not I can't see things as far into the future as Dan, but that's pretty cool. I'm gonna give myself a pat on the back for for seeing that a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, no, Matthew, as, as a guy who, who who liked it, I'm curious, what did you like about it? So I can double down on that for the story. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I just love how it. I just really enjoyed how it flowed, uh, like how it told a complete story in just that amount of time and just like how everything it builds. I really like how it builds like from that opening few minutes and then like just how it flows into the next. Like it's just like a really nice complete story that I can give to anybody and I feel like they'll get something out of it. I just really enjoyed it overall. I'm gonna play yeah. that back for my wife. What you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, and I also really uh, enjoyed Synapse as well. And uh, you know, I hope I said that right. I never know if I'm saying that. Yeah. Word. Am I saying I that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for from someone who mispronounced Apocalypse for like the first four years of his life. That's that's Aww. where. That goes. <laughs> um, so well, thanks so you know, much. <laughs> that's a. It was a really cool story, but you know, where did the kind of idea for that come from? And also looking at a lot of these stories, you can see where they have, even if they're uh, complete tales, you can see where cool threads would be laid for like more stories and for different parts of that world. Is this something where you would like to kind of go from here and do more things related to that? Is Are you more like, I just kind of want to do something different each time? What's your approach to that? Yeah, well, when I first talked to Matt, uh, I was just so blown away because his enthusiasm just got me on board. Uh, Heavy Metal is really doing something unprecedented right now, I think, with weaving stories, you know, throughout all different forms and blending the media. Uh, With readers being able to follow the characters and storylines from the magazine, you know, to like, let's say the individual comic, to the novels, um, you know, soon prose novels, and then over to this immersive like audio experience with Wonderworks. I was just blown away by this idea. Um, and one of, you know, I want to just say one of my favorite movies of all time is The Matrix. And I remember back when Reloaded came out in 2003, uh, there was a really big push by the Wachowskis to integrate all these different mediums, you know, into, uh, you know, into their storytelling by having an online RPG continue the story. Um, but ultimately, I don't think that the technology was there. Uh, it wasn't ready yet. And the internet wasn't evolved enough to kind of pick it up and run with it at that time. Um, but now, you know, with podcasting and digital downloads, we're at this time when there is enough connectivity to really pull uh, something like this off on this scale that Heavy Metal had envisioned. And it's so cool to see it like unfold. And it just sounds absolutely incredible. So I'm really excited to be a part of it. And yes, uh, the Synapse Universe will be continuing. And uh, also, so Organic Bliss is one of the spinoff stories. And there'll be other characters throughout that we're going to be going ahead with. So Matt, just just to make sure, I'm not sure if you knew this, but Synapse originally debuted in Heavy Metal 300. Um, Right. And... 
And uh, so, you know, if we're going to, you know, I feel like we're going around the room here. So if we're moving to Savage Circus next, you know, what was great about uh, Brendan Savage Circus, it was it was the first story that we had the idea to take off the page and onto audio and really start continuing it. And I'll let Brendan talk about it. But that was kind of the um, the tentpole and the and the, the guiding light for us to figure out what that looked like to you know enable Blake and enable George to do what they did with their stories for Wonder Work was we, we kind of followed how Brendan did it with uh, Savage Circus because that was that was always a graphic novel first. Well yeah, yeah going to be sorry. my question was you know how and I didn't realize though that that was the first one. So yeah you were kind of also the guinea pig a little bit and like had to kind of figure a lot of that stuff out. How did you kind of navigate that transition? Um, yeah, because uh, well, with the comic, I think my first uh, issue in 300 was 26 pages. So a lot of the prologue uh, in the script that it was originally based on was cut out. So I was talking to Matt about it. I think he's like, well, we have this new thing called Wonder Work, and you could throw this prologue as a, like, um, well, I, I mean, we changed it a bit, though, because... Uh, Thank God I had David and Pat to fact check me on everything because I like forgot about half what I wrote. But um, it was great. It was a good chance. <laughs> so I remember Patrick was he saved my ass. But um, it was a good chance to add this extra form of. It was it, essentially it was an and it gave me an extra issue to write with. It was it was a whole issue that was missing that I got to put through this audio um, podcast version. It was. It really helped me out too because I didn't even write all this backstory until I did the podcast with like David, Patrick, and Matt, and we talked through it so much that it actually informed later issues of my comic how this character Lewis Savage would act and what he's been through in his life. So it was a nice combination of setting up the story and discovering more about the world, kind of opening it up. Absolutely no, that's uh, that's so cool. Um, and just as just kind of going to Savage Circus itself, like what inspired that particular story and like some of the crazy creatures, killer in it? giraffes, <laughs> the killer giraffes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it was. I mean, it's all it's 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 basically just like uh, you know, how can I rip off gremlins and get away with it? It's like change the gremlins <laughs> to animals. And, <laughs> Wow. Honesty. Wow. Well, no, I mean, I just wanted to do one of those old, like, 80s style Amblin type movies. While having. I mean, before that, I wrote a script about poachers. Every script I write has to has animals in it for some reason. Oh, I'm dying. Got to put it in there. So your dad hasn't uh, filed a plagiarism suit against you? <laughs> <laughs> we will edit this part of the interview out. <laughs> I think keep it in. <laughs> keep it in. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I'm, you know, kind of now you have... They haven't all been released, of course, but yeah. now that you kind of have full season one, you've got most of, if not all of season two kind of compiled. What's the thing that has changed the most from that first episode to the one you're at now and and what I guess is the next goal for the line for you know season three what's the thing you want to achieve next for that um I uh, what, what's ironic is uh, episode eight which was the season finale that came out yesterday was actually the first one that we 
completed, I think. Correct, Patrick? Correct. That was, that was the first one. So, um, I mean, we, we've learned a lot. And what, what's great is, you know, Patrick, myself, and David, who are kind of, you know, both have written episodes, but also on the, you know, production, the business side, the one shepherding it through. We all have our own unique ways that we see wonder work and we all are able to come together and pick the best pieces of that to create these episodes which is i mean i just think they're getting better and better and you know these eight episode arcs are um i just think it's creating more stuff and more edgy stuff and more things that you know something that that david Irwin always uh you know to- told me and you know as, as my my both creative and business partner at heavy metal something that he always challenges with is if something doesn't make you a little uncomfortable, it's probably not dangerous enough. And, you know, I think that is a really good, you know, guiding light for what wonder work is. Sorry. No, you're fine on my end. Do you guys hear that? No, no more. Yeah. You hear it, right, Dan? Okay. That it's was weird. gone now. Oh, okay, yeah, no, it's gone now. But it definitely was happening. Um, and, you know, Wonder Work is about being, you know, edgy and loud and and uncomfortable and telling, you know, everything in, in society, unfortunately, because of either brand money, corporate money, or, or whatever it is, has to be kind of vanilla a little bit to, to suit different interests. And, you know, heavy metal and, and definitely Dave and I, just don't care about that and we want to make the most real stories the most interesting stories and most importantly stories that make you think think and and educate yourself and want to google something and want to learn more about a certain topic and you know whether whether wonder work leaves you you know with euphoric awe about the world or questions about something that could happen like conspiracy carl you know i think that's really what wonder work is about what heavy metal is about is just you know pushing the envelope and you know you want to walk on that that line and and teeter on and you don't want to you don't want to cross it and you don't want to go too far away from it but you know i think wonder work really helps and you know george romero i i i need to say this is always the one that says you know films used to be dangerous and that's a that's a, a slogan for for romero pictures and you know I, I think heavy metal thinks the same way, and it's about you know making dangerous contact, dangerous content that makes people question authority and make people question different social norms. And, and just to that, right, Dan? And all of us are very, very supportive of that, right? I mean, all three of us, even because right now I'm finishing up on a uh, looks like a two part horror story. But I was getting into such a dark place. I was uh, sharing my concerns with Patrick. And Patrick would say, no, just go. Go to that dark place. I think I would yeah. say make it worse, actually. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But if I, if, I can, if I can piggyback on what everyone's saying here, if you look at us, there's a lot of heavy metal first-timers here. So if we're looking ahead to future seasons, we want those new voices. We want people who are aligned with kind of the vision of heavy metal but haven't had the opportunity to go, to go unfiltered, to go a little dark and dangerous, uh, maybe they are a big time Hollywood writer who's always just getting studio notes back. Maybe they're the guy in the corner who uh, every time they turn in a uh, piece of a composition, their mom wants to call a shrink. Uh, or maybe, you know, recently we're talking to a, a very large, well-known band where the lead guitarist is like, I have this idea, but everyone sees me as the guitarist of this band. 
And it was a great script. So I think overall, we're looking for those voices to break through with new points of view. I mean, even again, looking at this Zoom uh, bar up here, you have a cross section of different minority groups, genders, ages, everything. I think we just want to um, have fear and terror coming from everywhere. Uh, so let's get, we would love to get that word out, even through comicbook.com, that we are open for business. If you have amazing stories you want to bring us, you're a writer who's feeling um, you know, kind of oppressed, come to us. Uh, we'll pull that fucked up shit out of you and, and, and give it a home. <laughs> that needs to be the tagline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> home, home of the fucked up shit. Yeah. Yeah. So one, one thing I just want to add to that is, you know, in, in the, uh, in the eighties uh, and nineties when heavy metal really birthed and the genre and, and not just the artists were picking each other up, the filmmakers, be it Spielberg or Lucas were working with all the heavy metal artists. And there was a, a group of people who had a shared vision for what genre could be. And they always worked together. And that kind of gotten lost in the last 20 years across a lot of mediums, not just with us. And in addition to finding new talent, I want to take the talent that we're, you know, putting our name behind everyone on this call and more and, you know, pair them up in un unexpected duos and create things that, you know, you might not find before. You know, uh, I used to work in music and, you know, the best songs always came when you took that metal guitarist and put him with a pop singer and created something so weirdly unique that you could just never have made if those two personalities didn't come together to create something new that's what we're looking for also we want to take all of the creators be it you know a writer an artist a voice and pair them up in new and unique and dangerous ways to create stories that they didn't even know they had in them yeah and then uh, i would also say that it's, it's not about being the the place for fucked up shit as much as uh heavy metal was such a big influence that the world has caught up to heavy metal Mm -hmm. and now, that's unacceptable yeah and we don't we don't like that so we need to we gotta push, move faster yeah we need to push beyond where people are today but then but in the end we want to be entertaining we want to entertain you heavier metal so to speak <laughs> god if someone had a rim shot that would be amazing i apologize that's such a god that was such a dad joke anyway <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, I, for one, I, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, I've really enjoyed the content so far. I am looking forward to uh, hearing more. And uh, I, I can't wait, man. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Matthew. Very much appreciated. Hey, it's me again. Just wanted to let you know about a couple more podcasts you should check out whenever you're done. You know, going through the archives up here with me. Join veteran entertainment journalist Jeff Boucher as he reaches total nerdvana and welcomes artists, writers, actors, and musicians to his show, putting the pop in pop culture. Welcome to Mindspace, where you get into the minds of the creators you love. This next one will help you explore the depths of your curiosity with aerospace engineer John Connolly, Columbia Space Center's Benjamin Dickow, and CEO of Heavy Metal Magazine, Matthew Medney, as they bring scientists, entertainers, and authors on a journey of discovery. This is Putting the Science in Science Fiction, where fiction and science collide.